It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, we're one week into the NBA season, which means we got some stats on the page, and we're going to run through some Toronto Raptors stats and determine whether they're real or not real in a little segment we're calling Stat or Not, because Borat has never been referenced ever, and I feel like it deserves its time. We're going to get to that with Katie Heindel on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. going on welcome to episode number oh boy 1268 i think of locked on raptors for wednesday october the 26th happy birthday to andrea bargnani i am your host sean woodley i've been covering the toronto raptors for now nine seasons on various platforms which makes me feel old as i also turned 30 years old today and feel withered and sad about that but that's fine because we're having a great show. We're going to have a great day. It's going to be wonderful. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter, as always, at Woodley Sean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. And you can leave a rating or review all that good stuff. You can also subscribe on YouTube and hit the big red subscribe button to support the show that way. It's very much appreciated, as it is appreciated, that our friends Prize Picks are bringing you today's show. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on on Prize Picks. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. More on them. A little later on and now we get into it joining me on today's show to run through some raptor stats and determine whether or not they are real with a very silly borat related hook uh who should be said she hated it when i pitched it to her but that's fine it's katie heindel katie how's it going <laughs> it's me the stat man it's good mm-hmm. it's the good. stats <laughs> yeah, the stats are fine. The Borat reference, because I couldn't find a good pun other than Matt uh, to rhyme with stat, which barely even rhymes anyway, now that I say it out loud. So the whole thing is falling apart. But before we get into the stat or Nat, Katie, well, this is going to be a, a, a laborious day, isn't it? I have to wish you a happy birthday as well. Uh, it was your birthday a few days ago. And of course, last year, I began the tradition of singing a happy birthday song to you on the podcast. And so... With the beautiful addition of royalty-free music in the background of StreamYard, another birthday song is coming at you. Now, here we go. A little, a little hook lead in, a little, a little bass, bass, bass build. <laughs> Katie's birthday was a few days ago, but we missed it, so we celebrate today. It's also my birthday, and Hillary Clinton's and Andrea Bargnani's, but hey, we like Katie the most. Yay! It's Katie's birthday. 
It's Katie's birthday, and it's going to be rad. Woo. I think I, I think I wound up myself from last year, Katie. You really uh, did. Yeah, that, was that was impressive. Thank you so much. As well, I have to say, I did not write anything clearly for that. It was uh, gorgeous. <laughs> Hope you had a lovely birthday. You're so talented. You're so multi-talented. There's a calling somewhere that I've mm -hmm. yet to tap into involving really Podcaster, dumb songs. Singer, yeah. songwriter, <laughs> triple threat. One can only hope. Uh, all right, Katie, let's dive in, shall we? We've wasted far too much of the good people's time. Let's play Stat or Nat. Of course, the film <laughs> Borat, never been referenced in pop culture ever since its release, and I think it's finally time yeah, it's crazy. to do that. Yeah, crazy it's just hasn't been. a cult film that no one has ever thought Went to reference anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so the way stat or nat is going to work is I'm going to say a stat that is true about the Raptors through one week of the season. And we're going to discuss whether it is a stat in that it is real and something that could hold up or nat in something that is going to very much change as the season gets older than just four games and one week. Katie, are you ready to play stat or not? I think so. I don't quite understand the rules, but I think so. <laughs> Do you think I will be able to carry on this, uh, the inflection on the nat throughout the episode? I guess that's it's the gonna thing. change. Mm -hmm. So I would advise people to listen for that change, knowing you sure. will change. Sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's go segment or stat number one. Fred Van Vliet is currently averaging 11.3 field goal attempts per game. This is down from last season where he averaged 16.9. Year before that, 16.7. Year before that, 14.3. He hasn't averaged fewer than 11.3 since the 2018-19 season where, of course, he mostly came off the bench and had 9.4 field goal attempts per game in about 11 fewer minutes than he's playing so far this year. Katie, 11.3 field goals for Fred. Of course, we've seen the orientation of the team change around a little bit. When Scotty Barnes is healthy, he's been kind of the number two creation option. Fred's obviously stepped in in the absence of Scotty Barnes, at least in the last game. We know OG's getting some more touches. Gary Trent Jr. likes to freestyle. Do you think the 11.3 field goals a game, the dip we've seen from Fred VanVleet so far, is going to hold up over the course of the season? Is 11.3 field goals a game a stat or not? No, it's it's that. <laughs> uh, Tell me why you think that is the case. One too early. That I will mm -hmm. admit might uh, well, factor the into a lot of, of the, of the show, decision making. <laughs> yes, I know, but um, mm -hmm. to like err on the side of caution and that. Sure. Uh, but beyond that, I think no, because he is just giving the ball away a lot more. There's more, like he has become more of a distributor, I think, mm -hmm. in these first few games. You've seen him um, look to his teammates more to to create shooting opportunities. Uh, I like that it doesn't necessarily fall back on him all the mm -hmm. time to do it, though I imagine we might see that coming out more and, and at the end of closer games. Right. Sort of been leaning toward that so far from this, again, very small sample size. Um, but this mm -hmm. seems par for the course of uh, the development of this team. The whole thing yeah. about getting more shooters is that people like Fred VanVleet will shoot less. That's what mm -hmm. you want. 
Yeah, I think this is the dip we've seen. I think so. I'll say I think it is a mild gnat in that I think he's going to average more than eleven point three field goal attempts yes. a game. Yes. Um, but I don't think he's going to get to the sixteen points. Nine, sixteen point nine. He averaged last year. I, I think it's going to be somewhere around the thirteen and a half range in that zone. I'll go fourteen. There you go. Because yeah. um, I just think we they they found a recipe that works where Fred VanVleet's working off the ball, where he's kind of the connective tissue when Pascal makes a drive, kicks out. Fred has been throwing passes to the corner for Trent and OG and all the rest, just with a plum. It's been mm-hmm. a delight to see he's been on the ball less often, and I you know I think we saw in that Heat game on Monday night when he was asked to kind of be the second creation option behind Siakam, he got to the Rimbo bunch. He shot two of 10 from inside the, the three point line. We know that's not his bag necessarily because he's six feet tall. And that's just a difficult world in which to operate if you're six feet tall. So I think we're going to see a bit of a skewing away from the creation that sort of sends Fred downhill into the teeth of the defense. We'll still see it, of course, but I don't think it's going to be like a primary thing with the offense. And I think Siakam and then Scotty Barnes, once he's back, are going to kind of be the two main guys to get stuff going by getting those paint touches and then kicking it out. OG is also a big part of that. Of course, he's had his struggles early on this year, but he still is one of the only guys who can just become an instant paint touch when he touches the ball. And so because of that, because it just seems like Fred works really, really well off the ball, as we talked about in the preseason of us kind of hoping to see this, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be lesser than it's been in terms of his overall contributions to the offense. But I think that's ultimately going to lead to a better overall Fred Van Vliet season. It's going to open him up for all sorts of assists on the perimeter. It's also going to open him up to play harder, meaner defense, which he's been doing incredibly well so far this year. And hopefully uh, they can also bring to down Jared Allen. Very mean to Jared Allen. How did you deal with that one, Katie? That was a, that was a tough one for you. That game Jared. sucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great game. Great home opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a dramatic like difference in outcome from last season, honestly. Losing the Wizards at home, right? To like winning yeah. over the Cavs, who are, I think, going to be one of the Raptors' like closest competitors with good yes. reason. Yes. This season, however... That really um, made hard on me. The amount of times Jared Allen hit the floor and then just <laughs> sat there looking so sad. Um, it was at least three times, mm-hmm. right? Like down yeah. in the down in the paint, and then everybody would go uh, on a fast break and just leave him there in the dust city. Yeah, it yeah. broke my heart. I'm very sorry for your. I'm sure he'll get his revenge, but not in that. Surely game. he will. He's very good at basketball. <laughs> turns out, he'll, yeah. he'll, I'm sure he will block Fred into oblivion at some point this season to make amends for that really hilarious over the head steal uh, that Fred is only like. I think he might be the only guy in the league who can do that type of thing, which is uh, a credit to how awesome Fred is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we've both agreed it's a, at least a light gnat as to whether or not this 11.3 is going to hold up. But there is a little bit of truth, a little bit of stat to it i would argue a little bit of stat we're going to come back on the other side get to more little bits of stat on the podcast with katie uh before we do that gotta tell you about our friends over at prize picks who are making daily fantasy sports easy and fun and we love them for it daily fantasy sports you want to have choice you want to have options you want to be able to pick for multiple games and you know hit your wagon to various players and there are you know their totals in a given game and you can do that with prize picks you can pick two to five players 
end. They If they score more or less than the projections based on what you've guessed them to do, then you can win up to uh, 10 times your money on any entry that you put in. You can also cross sport. They have every sport under the sun. NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Yes, I just read it verbatim off the list. That's a lot of sports. I didn't even know there were that many sports out there, but they're there on prize picks and can make it so you can put your entries in all across the sports kingdom. Download the Prize Picks app today or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100%, up to $100, that is, with the promo code locked on. Meaning if you put in 100 bucks, they give you 100 bucks on top of that as well, which is a great, great deal. Go to prizepicks.com into the promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. And they are available now in 30 states and Canada. Eh? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with your first listening of the day with Katie Heindel of Dime. Uh, We're going to continue on stat or not with the next one here, Katie. Stat or not, the Toronto Raptors starting lineup. So far, through 41 minutes played in just three games, of course, they did not play together in the game Scotty Barnes missed, has a 113 offensive rating, a 110 defensive rating, and a plus 3.8 net rating, again, in 41 minutes. You think back to last year, pretty low offensive rating, pretty good defensive rating, pretty much even overall. So a bit of a change in the dynamics of this lineup. We've seen them crush teams late in games we've seen of course what they did in the Cavs game where they were just lights out down the stretch of that one uh and so again noise is all over the place in these numbers but katie i have to ask you uh is this lineup data for the raptors starting five of fred van vliet gary trend jr og ananobi pascal siakam and scotty barnes a stat or not I'm just getting more nasally whenever yeah. I do it. So you were right. It's going to evolve over it's time. Changing. It's a real, it's a living thing. Um, yes. This is kind of tough because I want to go back to something I said, I think last week on the show where uh, mm. I did quibble with the defensive prospects of this team. I think this is mm. the first time, not the first time, but they're out of the top 10 uh, in defensive rating for mm. the league. It's not surprising just given the adjustments um, that the lineups have had thus far. And I don't think Mm -hmm. Nick Nurse has settled into any thus far, which is fine. It's only been a week, Mm -hmm. which is why I will say it's not a stat because this is going to change again. And it probably is going to like infuriatingly change often. Mm -hmm. I kind Mm -hmm. of see it going that way this season. Yeah, I mean, lineup data is very much subject to vast oscillations with one bad five-minute stretch. Mm-hmm. However, Katie, you know, I just laid out three different stats, uh, you know, offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating. I think you can pick and choose here as to maybe a couple are stat and maybe one is nat. I think for me, the 113.8 offensive rating 
I think that's going to hold up. That's very good. I think that lineup is going to figure itself out offensively and be fantastic. And I think we've seen the way it works is when you go into the fourth quarter, this lineup is a monster because they just let it play with flow. They give it mm -hmm. to Pascal, their best player. And he makes things happen, and then everybody eats as a result of it. And it's a pretty darn good formula for success. I dug into the formula yesterday on the podcast. I didn't do any math or anything like that, but I talked about just exactly that. The, the way this lineup works, once they kind of do away with the take tourney isolation trade-off that they do early in games, mm -hmm. they become very difficult to guard. They're much easier to guard when they isolate a lot, and I'm hoping that they come to God at some point and realize maybe we should stop doing this take turn isolation thing because it doesn't work as well as when we just play through the flow of the offense. The defense, I think, is where it's a gnat because they're at 110 defensive rating. I think that lineup has a lot of defensive juice, obviously mm -hmm. not a ton of rim protection, but we have seen some pretty good rim protection so far from Scotty Barnes. We know Pascal is a great help side guy, covers up all sorts of messes. Uh, wh what do you think of the potential of the defense of this lineup really kind of ratcheting up here? You know, we've seen it in fourth quarters again, first quarters, maybe not so much. I'm choosing to be the optimist and, and say the fourth quarter stuff with this lineup is going to be ultimately what kind of comes through and, and makes it so this lineup is a, is a, is a bear to deal with. Yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I still am a little bit dubious on that front, but not in that any anyone is is necessarily doing anything wrong. It's again just what I said last week is that um I'm not entirely convinced yet because I think well you're exactly right about the fourth quarter like mm. pulling stuff out in the fourth quarter. I also wonder how sustainable that is because that kind of requires everybody to get their defensive jets. Mm. really revved up and to have like enough juice left at that point right to do these kind of sure pesky fred van vliet like poke aways you know and just like <laughs> you, you yeah you don't have the size so you've got to make up for it almost in tenacity and in other ways on the floor um and i'm you know not gonna put it past the raptors to be annoying mm. <laughs> it's kind of their <laughs> calling card hell yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> But to me, uh, I think it, my quibble is with consistency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, an entirely fair quibble. It's been a thing. It's the reason why this lineup keeps on quibble, it. But yeah, there that's it is. Cool. Hey, it's cool. you know what? It's, cool. it's a good word. It's a good word. We like it. Um, and look, it, I think it's a totally fair thing. There's a reason this lineup keeps on coming out even in the wash. It's a, the vast oscillations, the vast range of outcomes for it. They land somewhere in the middle. I I, I Still think there will be sort of a, a new gear that it can kind of hit this year. I don't think it's going to be like the Warriors death lineup or anything like that, but I think it could be something closer to that than it has been so far. And, yeah. Uh, and I that's think what I want. Me, yeah. That's what yeah. I want. For sure. And I, I think the Scotty Barnes defense thing is a big part of this. And I think the early returns, I've liked what I've seen from him just like playing big, doing verticality, kind of learning how to play center on the fly, which he's pretty amazing. He's a point guard who can also play center and the wing. Players of the future, as per Masai Ujiri. I think that checks out big time. Um, yeah, I, I, I am uh, cautiously optimistic that things are going to turn around for this lineup. Are, are you, so before the season, mm -hmm. there was the conversation of, do you start Precious Achua in place of Gary Trent Jr.? Have you had an opinion on that concept and how has that evolved for you over the course of one week? I'll share my thoughts on it in a sec, but I want to hear from you first. Um, I know uh, athletes don't like this, but mm. um, I very much like the idea of maybe that is a fluid spot. Mm, sure. 
maybe they sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's precious. I, I think right now to just come out with an offensive punch, you got to keep Gary there. But we've mm -hmm. also see, like precious is. I think where I get caught up is when you look at Precious's rebounding. Yeah. You know, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the potential where like that can go mm -hmm. this season. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, actually, it might be the idea would be like that feeding Gary, right? And like yeah. one feeding into the other. Um, but because both of those things are what I, if we're going to look at this as like a late game situation. Like, or, or like if we're going to go with your theory of like late third and fourth quarter um, offense or no mm -hmm. defense, mm -hmm. I think that you'd want Precious out there. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where I'm fine with keeping the lineup as is yeah. having Gary start. But then also by the end, by the end of the game, these things are, they're so jumbly already because mm -hmm. that's what Nick Nurse does. Yeah, he's he's not one to like be married to a specific setup. Although that fourth quarter lineup where they go small and Scotty's in there, although Precious has played some fourth quarter minutes as well with you know starter heavy groups and it's been really effective. Um, but like I, I think we saw at the end of that Heat game exactly why having Gary Trent Jr. on the floor to close games is valuable. It's because mm -hmm. there's five guys on the floor at all times who can destroy you if you sag off of them or or you know give them room. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's been... my mother's calling me. Surely to wish me a happy birthday as we the podcast. I apologize. <laughs> Sad. You better call her right now. I feel bad. I had to hang up on her. I yeah. know that's the worst yeah, feeling. Yeah. I guess she could like join the podcast. She's been on the podcast before. Why not? Yeah, she could. Um, She'd probably have some great insight, um, especially yeah. with this quandary. I was gonna say that I think it was in that first in the home opener. There was a lineup. Mm -hmm. It was like Pascal and roughly bench. That mm. I really liked. There mm. have been some real weird ones that I've enjoyed watching. Yeah, the the fun with kooky lineups has been one of the early delights of the year. Even if I, I'm okay to not see Delano Banton in these kooky lineups for a little while, it's been a little rough there. But, uh, but you know, he's, he's big. He's a big reason. Rough. He brings the kook to the lineups. It gets yes. weird when Delano Banton's there, and I like that part. So I don't. And know. And it's got to be rough for him to become unruff you know like yeah. you've gotta he's gotta get the minutes he's gotta get the experience for sure um on or the precious thing though. <laughs> on the precious thing i know i came into the season like just championing start precious start precious start precious i am a little softer on that having seen how the starters have performed so far it's mm -hmm. very possible that their success early on goes away and we don't feel that way anymore um but i also like at some point, I think you have to put some credence to the idea that Precious and Chris Boucher off the bench is a thing and mm -hmm. it like kind of emboldens their spirits. Like Precious himself is like, yeah, Chris Boucher came back. I felt a lot better. Uh, it's really fun having him out there. He kind of drives me. So maybe you just keep those crazy dudes coming off the bench together and you roll with it. And you always have the option to close with Precious if you really need to because he's kind of, uh, you know, he, he's got that in him. I will also say, while he's shooting 27% from threes, maybe not the time to insert him into the starting five or spaces at a premium. Uh, Katie, we're going to continue on here, get into our final stat or not, and uh, round up the show. Before we do that, however, just a reminder, Locked On Leafs, available each and every day. Break it down, your favorite, most annoying and frustrating hockey team. Mike and Dave do a great job making sense of it all on Locked On Leafs every day on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube for free. Go check them out.
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Katie, stat or not, number three. So far, the Toronto Raptors are shooting 40.3% from three-point range. Good for fourth in the entire NBA. What a world we're in for the team that notably doesn't shoot so good. Uh, they're doing it on 32.3 three-point field goals a game, about 19th. That kind of checks out, I think, with where you would expect, mm-hmm. considering that they skew two-pointer heavy and mid-range shot heavy and all of this. But the 40.3% from downtown, again, ranks them fourth in the league. Is that a stat or not, Katie? Yeah, I'm going to throw all this stuff I said about being measured and you know a little bit trepidatious out the window with this one. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Uh, and more than like, maybe more it's that I think it could be. I think that mm-hmm. this one has a lot of potential for staying power. Just when you kind of look at what every guy was doing in the off season, you know, mm-hmm. like adding a three point uh, shot is pretty necessary uh, in the modern NBA. And it's something that is like long been kind of lacking mm-hmm. uh, as a, as a, as a reliable constant with this team. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's kind of like it, it's like the first person to to nail it would be such a hero. But now it's like, oh, does everybody can everybody <laughs> nail it? I know that's not possible, but mm-hmm. I like what I'm seeing so far. Uh, I think it doesn't seem very fluky to me. Yeah, they're just in these initial matchups. There'll be teams where this is not like to play against where this is not possible. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I'm going to call this a stat. I think I am kind of with you, Katie. I know <laughs> it sounds weird to say the Toronto Raptors might be good at shooting threes, but hear me out. So far this year, they have, you know, a couple guys shooting above their heads. Sure. On very small samples, which is kind of the whole point of this show and this episode <laughs> and this whole concept. You know, Chris Boucher is shooting 100% on two attempts. That helps. Uh, Malachi Flynn shooting <laughs> 60% on two and a half attempts over two games. That helps. Um, but like Fred Van Vliet's at 50%. He's obviously not going to shoot 50%, but he's a 40-ish percent shooter for sure. And if he's going to get more off-ball looks, then I think he's going to be a better three-point shooter than he was last year, for example. Gary Trent Jr. is at 38.5% on nearly 10 attempts a game. That feels like just about the sweet spot. OG's at 44%, which is a little high, but also he's getting good looks. Uh, and then you have Siakam, who is at 29.4%. I think he's going to grade out higher than that. He's shooting them with a plum. He is, have I said a plum twice on today's show? Wow, unreal. Um, he's, you know, and, and I think he's, when he does get his threes, they're, you know, pretty good open looks that swing mm-hmm. to him from Fred and those two-man actions, stuff like that. I think he's going to shoot better than 29%. Precious Achua is at 27%. Obviously, we don't know how real the 40% after the All-Star break was last year, but I don't think he's a 27% shooter. So that's probably going to tick up. You got Thaddeus Young shooting 25%. Yeah, maybe that's what Thaddeus Young is. And also, we have yet to see Otto Porter Jr. And we have yet to see Juancho Hernan Gomez take a single three. And those guys are good shooters. So 
I think this could be sort of a quality over quantity type of thing. I don't mm -hmm. know if they're going to take a bazillion threes a game like the, the peak Rockets, but I do think because of the pressure Pascal Siakam puts on defenses, because of the number of options they have around him, and because of some internal growth that I'm kind of baking in for a guy like Scotty, who's shooting 50%, which is high on just a couple of uh, an attempt or so a game, that'll probably come back down a little bit, but I think there's some growth there. I think this can be around a 38, 39, 40% three-point shooting team near the top of the league in average and near the bottom or middle in terms of overall attempts, just because that's just not really how their bread is going to be buttered. But the looks they get are going to be good because Pascal Siakam draws nine defenders whenever he touches the paint, which is great. Uh, what say you to, to that idea, Katie, that the sort of the, the quality over the quantity thing might be the formula here for the Raptors to actually have a pretty good three-point shooting season? Well, because like the 100% kind of data that you pulled, that's mm -hmm. obviously counting very heavily towards us, but we know those will drop off. Yeah. But those it dropping is, off it is just doesn't two worry. Out of, it's two out of like hundreds of attempts they've already put up, right? So yeah. it's not like it's crazy or like a hundred. Yeah, but if those do drop off, that doesn't really sway me Yeah, from believing that there's some staying power to this. Do I think that they'll stay fourth? No. Mm -hmm. But I think um, top 10, top eight, feels fairly reasonable mm -hmm. you know given what else is going on in the season mm -hmm. um actually no not eight I'll, I'll go five beautiful we love it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but no it seems pretty realistic and yeah when you make the point that Otto Porter Jr. and Wancho Hernan Gomez haven't even taken a three yet mm -hmm. Wancho we'll see Otto yeah yes. he might just sure. never play but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we know Otto's going to shoot when he comes in, and he's going to be pretty good at it because he's been good at it his entire career. Exactly. Um, yeah, and it's just like with the Raptors, they don't have a ton of like average three-point shooters. They just have like a stratification of extremely excellent ones and then eh, pretty good ones who will take them once in a while to keep you honest. But the really excellent ones are really good at it, and you add a couple of good shooters in – maybe Malachi Flynn in a bench role and potentially Otto Porter Jr., then I think, yeah, that this could be kind of an ecosystem where three-point shooting can thrive, even mm -hmm. if it's not going to be a 50-attempt-a-night type of thing. So, yeah, hard stat and making me so I don't have to say nat again, even though I just did it, uh, unforced error there. Uh, that's going to be the end of stat or nat for today, Katie. Before we go, though, speaking of three-point shooting, I have to ask you, big news last night at the NBA, your dearest friend clay thompson ejected for the first time in his career he was john with devin booker this was a very fun game until the suns pulled away after the ejection mm -hmm. uh well what, what say you what are your thoughts on your boy clay getting ejected it seems like devin booker must have said something really really mean or something to get him to the point where he got himself ejected yeah, because I've seen Clay seem pretty chill going into the mm -hmm. season. He's been donning his wetsuit a lot and swimming around in the bay. <laughs> I feel like he usually does that when he's feeling good. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to say I'm kind of surprised because Devin Booker, the, just the other day I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Devin Booker doesn't really seem that that bad. He doesn't seem as bratty as maybe he once did. He's pretty, I think he's got a handle on things. He seems kind of chill. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what could have. Don't know what could have happened. But it does seem a little bit out of character. But also, like I don't know. Um, there's obviously been some tensions in the mm -hmm. Warriors locker room uh, mm -hmm. team structure that might be trickling down a little bit. 
We don't know what's do we, going on. Behind do the we scenes. think Devin Booker is a stand-in for Draymond Green catching the no. ire of Clay Thompson? No. <laughs> like no. he knows he can't yell at Draymond Green because Draymond Green will Jordan pool his ass. So he's just got to yell at someone else. <laughs> what I really think is just like um, you know, Clay's a big competitor. I don't think it really mm. matters what time of the season it's in. Um, sure. but, and I don't mean that as like he's a competitor and that therefore he he has like a green light to like say or do awful things to people. Uh, sure. I mean that he he seems like the kind of person who um, is the hardest on himself. Yeah, that's you know? fair. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just, I needed to ask you about that as a little ode to a basketball, our now defunct podcast about the whole NBA. I don't get to talk to you about Clay Thompson as much anymore. So it felt it's nice true. to scratch that itch, Katie. It was it's long overdue. With that, we're going to bring this show to a conclusion. Katie, thank you so much for hanging out and uh, going along with this very flimsy concept of stat or not. We should and bring I it back. Not do. I, we are going to bring it back. Uh, we're going to bring back more Borat-related things because, again, Borat needs his time in the spotlight. Uh, but until we do that, until we bring back some sort of segment called... Uh, hmm, I, I can't think of something right now that won't get me canceled, probably. Uh, so <laughs> we'll defer to you, Katie, to uh, plug anything you got to plug for the good people out there. Um, I will say I have something very big uh, coming out on Friday. So you can, that's, I guess, a little bit ominous, but. Uh-huh. Yeah. When you describe it as something is very big, that could be all sorts of things. Could be um, big news, big piece. I will share it. It's a big piece. Big it's, painting, it's, big I art. I it's could be big news, big piece. But uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I will surely share it there. I had a Excellent. dream. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Uh -huh. I had a dream about what I would, how I would tweet it. Wow. In that, that, that just means you're married to the content, Katie. And I think that's grand. No. And then I woke <laughs> up in that like half awake state and I was like, I better write that down. It's <laughs> And I, but then I was like, I'll for sure remember. And I mm. fell back asleep. Uh, oh, no. Don't remember. Do remember it was embarrassing. So maybe I'm, I'm regret not writing it down just to be able to be like, this is unhinged. But well, <laughs> considering the things I've done on today's podcast, which include sing an unhinged birthday song and do a bunch of unhinged Borat accents, uh, if you want to give me the details of what you're doing, I could probably write some sort of embarrassing type of promotional post for it on your behalf. You could actually, maybe. Like. Yeah, I can. Maybe. I can find the unhinged thing you found in your sleep, in my own weird, stupid brain. Um, the other Katie. thing mm. I will plug is mm -hmm. another unhinged thing that I know you love, but it's um, the annual uh, basketball horror story fan fiction. The Halloween's coming up, so I'm so excited, Katie. It's my you favorite know. thing. I almost want to bring back a basketball just so we can record. A, uh, a classic dramatic reading. You might have to do that on this podcast. It's a little harder with video because people have to see me doing my acting, but uh, <laughs> maybe we can make that happen. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Katie's annual Halloween stories. The very, very best. Is it going on basketball feelings or are you getting Dave Roth to uh, reprise the classical once again? Dave, I'm going to ask him to do the forward, but no, I think mm. the classical is still in limbo. Um, mm. It'll be on basketball feelings. Uh, fair enough. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast, wherever you get your podcast for the low, low price 
of On the House. We are also on YouTube. You can hit the big red subscribe button and support the show that way. It's much appreciated. And we'll be back again tomorrow to talk about Raptors Sixers part one as they take them on twice this week. That should be a grand old time. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, and we will talk to you again on Thursday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.